Staying in Contact. I'm London Mitchell. Each week, we take a few minutes to chat with an individual working to better the quality of life in our Northwest Ohio community. This week, we continue our discussion with an educational psychologist at the University of Toledo, Lisa Paskarakovich. She is the co-author of a new book about white supremacist violence. Her focus is on how to stop the spread of the hate movement and domestic terrorism. Dr. Piskarakovich notes similarities between people who commit acts of targeted violence in school and campus shootings and those who perpetuate domestic terror attacks. The targeted violence is often focused on minorities or people with color moving into the neighborhood. No, you know, and that's where you go into a conversation of shattering stereotypes and you prepare yourself and you gain the n- enough knowledge to to point out how false and prejudicial those beliefs are and and how awful our history has been to some of these individuals who are good people, upstanding citizens, hard workers who are not coming for your job. They're not coming to destroy your house. Um you know, I'm a child of immigrants, and for me, um, my parents were subjected to hate even when they came here, and that was in the late 1950s. And um, the people who embraced them were the African Americans because they knew what that felt like. And my parents are good people, just like they're good people. So, and you know, there are those that'll be very dogmatic and hold on to that belief no matter what we say. Some people just won't change. You know, and maybe if oftentimes it doesn't change unless it affects them somehow. That someone they know experiences something at the hands of these individuals. Um, And I'm not saying that in a tone of, oh, I wish that would happen. But sometimes we don't know until we know, you know. But the people that that propagate uh, hate speech uh, seem to me the people that... uh, that want to gain power they're Mm -hmm. the ones that are insecure they're the ones trying to get people to be afraid and bring them into their enclave so to speak yeah and and it boggles the mind that not many people can detect that you're intelligent you you pick up on that um and we do have some intelligent people who who just fall for it hook, line, and sinker because it's like drinking the Kool-Aid. You know, there's something about some individuals that make them charismatic. And there's something about individuals that make them sort of fall prey to that charisma and, and buy into it, boredom, um, whatever it may be. Uh, blaming other people for their problems is, you know, pretty common. Uh, those who like to externalize, you know, when we do something wrong, we, we react in one of two ways. A lot of us, when we do something wrong, we internalize it. Like, I can't believe I did that. That was the biggest mistake. I, you know, I really need to work on my whatever. And then we have people who it's never their fault. Not my fault. I didn't do that. That's their fault. And they're always looking to find a source to blame. And so I think those are the ones very susceptible to the hate speech philosophies these these hate philosophies you identify one in your writings as the great replacement 
Yeah, what's that about? What philosophy is that? That philosophy came from um, Renaud Camus, and um, he wrote about France and how he didn't want people coming onto the soil and and polluting and you know the soil of their beautiful country. And it caught on here. Um, there's an individual in the United States by the name of James Mason who who loves to talk the very same way. And they cite Camus and they cite Mason when they're talking about this. And it's just, again, that this is America, you know, protect our land, protect our jobs, protect our borders, protect our women, protect, you know, all of these things that, I mean, aren't really that threatened, but somehow they've been convinced that they are. And my goodness, if you're not pure and white, look out. Look out. <laughs> Scary. Um, because initially, you know, the belief was, oh, you know, these are just groups that rally together. They're not violent. They just spew a lot of rhetoric. That's not true. I mean, they're, that's not true. We have Adam Waffen division that's very violent. We've had, you know, people running innocent um, parade goers down with vehicles. And it's just, it's getting dark out there. Let me ask you a really direct question. Sure. Uh, after the uh, the violence, I think it was in Charleston with the white supremacist march. Yeah. Can there be good people on both sides when we're talking white supremacy? I, I haven't seen it. I can honestly tell you I haven't seen it. There's pr being proud of your country. But a supremacist view is that you are far better than anyone else because of the color of your skin. And that is what's toxic. So I personally have not seen that at all. Just by nature of the, the meaning of supremacy. No. Have you taken any heat for writing the book? Probably <laughs> that I'm not aware of. <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of, you know, there are days I'm afraid to leave the house. I think, hmm, are they reading this? Are they upset by this? Um, I would think it's, it's very courageous for you to put down yeah. uh, your thoughts and to, yeah. to try and trigger some yeah. counteraction. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I have my moments, but I can't. I made that choice, you know, and my co-author made the choice the two co-authors to just go for it. Because again, just like with, with mass shootings on in elementary and, and, you know, K-12 everywhere colleges, we've got to do something. And not everyone is willing to, or able to, it's very taxing. But if we know what we know, it's very selfish for us to hold that in and not do all that we can to protect the people who need us. So it's the risk that we took. I'm London Mitchell. We are in contact this morning with University of Toledo educational psychologist Lisa Paskarakovich. Her new book is White Supremacist Violence, Understanding the Resurgence and Stopping the Spread. You are the director of the Center for Education in Mass Violence at the University of Toledo. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I, I'm proud of my alma mater for, for taking that kind of stance or being able to, uh, to create that kind of platform for discussion. 
what we are is a group of individuals with a special skill set so that when we're needed to train or we're needed to assist, that's what we do. Do you have any upcoming programs for the center? Well, you know, a lot of what we do is also um, private things, private training. So I'm, I'm approved through the Department of Education to do threat assessment trainings in um, K-12 districts. And Ohio mandates threat assessment teams now for uh, grades 6 through 12. So a lot of what I have coming up are um, Zoom trainings of small teams of people from different school districts that are going to set up threat assessment teams um, so that they can identify a potential threat early and get that person help. So a lot of that is just sort of under the radar type activity. And maybe that's the issue with people not knowing about it, but uh, yeah. And I think you're referring to the, uh, what, the Save Students Act? Yeah, you got it. Yep. And it always boggles the mind how few people know that that even exists. You know, and I'll talk to people. Oh, so, you know, do you have a team? Mm, No, but we're going to get one. Okay. You know, do you have any training? No, we're just going to use some forms we found online. And it's like, people, this is a life or death matter. If you goof this up the way they did at Oxford High School and many other places, people will die. And so that's, you know, where the frustration lies is everyone needs training. And the state lists a number of us who can do this. It's not just me. There's a a number of vetted trainers. And to do this yourself is troubling. And, And I run into this. We all do. We get very frustrated when there's a district that says, oh, our counselors can do that. I have nothing but respect for school counselors. I could never do their job. But I have this knowledge of something very specific. And I know the death and the damage that this does. And if I was in their position, I would step aside and say, please help us. We don't want our students to die. We don't want our students to get hurt. But instead, we are often met with resistance. Like, no, we'll take care of that. Okay. You know, and then when it happens, I feel like I get kicked in the stomach because we could have prevented so many and we weren't allowed. So yeah, it's frustrating. <laughs> For individuals listening today who would like more information about the, uh, the center, they can do yeah. what? They can set, they can jump on Facebook and um, send me a message or send us a message, or they can email me at lisa.kovach at utilito.edu. I'm happy to communicate um, through email and then we can set up a phone conversation or a Zoom call. Um, You know, it's what we do all the time. We're here to help. We're here to train. We're here to educate. So anything that I can do, even postvention, you know, even after an incident, my mind immediately goes right now to Michigan State because the days, weeks, and months, and years that follow for the first responders, the witnesses, and everyone involved are going to be really hard. And I know they're doing some immediate counseling and they're getting some immediate help for their students, but this needs to go on for a long time. You know, not just this week or next week or next month, Um, especially first responders. We see so much, so many retirements and we actually see suicides sometimes after they respond to 
young kids being killed. And we have to think about that piece of it too. So we're there for that too. You know, if anybody needs us. I've been doing this radio interview program for about 40 years. Yeah. And uh, one of the reasons I continue with it is mm -hmm. uh, I learn so much. Yeah. And I, meet, I meet individuals that really are, are committed to, uh, mm -hmm. to helping us build a better quality of life. And uh, yeah. That's certainly been my experience today. I really uh, have enjoyed our conversation. Thank you. And I appreciate your, you know, your openness to talk about this issue and, uh, you know, letting us talk about these tough topics because they're not fun, you know, and they're not welcome forums everywhere. But if we don't talk about them, it's going to get even worse. So I appreciate the fact that you, you know, you, you brought me in to discuss it. I really do. I I got one final question for you. Yes, sure. You mentioned the conversation is tough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How? What's your advice to a parent or a school teacher uh -huh. on how to start that conversation? Is everything okay? Is everything okay? Um, you know, if you notice something that's going on, uh, do you need to talk? Or saying things like you may not want to talk right now but just know that I'm here for you and I see what you're doing and you're doing great things don't ever forget that so building up that individual giving them the attention that they need a lot of times will will prevent them from seeking that attention somewhere else that to me is is probably the best simplest way to handle it Dr. Lisa Piscarakovich director of the University of Toledo Center for education in mass violence and suicide. Her new book is White Supremacist Violence, Understanding the Resurgence and Stopping the Spread. Feel free to contact me through my website, londonmitchell.news, and please join us again next week, staying in contact.